Welcome back to another edition of the First in Orange podcast. This is Denver Post sports writer Kyle Newman, joined as usual by my colleague Ryan O'Halloran, in person and in the flesh to do this podcast. We're, we're, we're back. We're back. Uh, I mean, people have survived without this, but we're, we're back better than ever. We're going to be making fun of people. We're going to be reading between the lines. We're going to be making predictions. We're going to be citing the Denver media mafia. Let's go. Hopefully more reading between the lines and the other things, but also surely the other <laughs> things guaranteed with Ryan here on the show. Again, First in Orange podcast brought to you by the Denver Post. And today we're talking George Payton and uh, reading between his lines of what he had to say in his pre-draft presser yesterday. That's Thursday here on this recording of this pod on Friday. So, Ryan, let's tee you up first because you had a pretty good first question, which produced a very interesting answer right in the first sentence. You asked Peyton if he believes that Drew Locke can contribute and win games in week one and just his overall confidence in Locke. And he said, I don't know about week one, but we're really high on Drew. Uh, What does that say to you? Well, and, you know, a couple couple of Bronco fans says, well, what do you expect him to say? Well, I wasn't expecting him to say um, Drew Locke is his week one quarterback. You know, he doesn't have to do that, nor should he say that. What I was sort of getting at is if you have to go that route – do you like what he's doing this offseason? Do you like his potential? Can you win with him if you decide to play him? Um, you know, that first sentence was, uh, you know, telling. Uh, but, you know, he gave, I think he, he gave the GM speak of a tepid endorsement. I think it was important to say, hey, he's been here a lot during the offseason, uh, you know, trying to get better, throwing, working out, training, et cetera, studying, what have you. But, um, you know, my follow-up was, what do you think of uh, Trey Lance and Justin Fields? You know, those are the two quarterbacks most connected to the Broncos since, you know, I think a lot of people don't – a lot of people do expect quarterback, quarterback, quarterback with the top three picks. Right. And, that, and Mac Jones to be that third guy to San Francisco. And he said both athletic, both strong arms. And what I thought was interesting, they both have the intangibles to be quarterbacks and players in this league. That means the leadership. That means toughness. And so those are the things that I think Peyton sees in those two guys. That said, he also said both are a little raw. That's another accurate statement. Lance has 17 starts at North Dakota State. Justin Fields, two-year starter at Ohio State. And, you know, a couple of people took that to mean, well, he's just uh, – he's saying that, so he hopes they fall to him. No, he's just stating the facts. So uh, after the quarterback, we were off and running with this uh, – it was about a 19-minute press conference with the GM. So Justin Fields and Trey Lance, both uh, interesting in those regards. A, will Justin Fields even be there? Is there even the possibilities there at number nine, or do the Broncos really have to trade up to get him? Then B, looking at Trey Lance, and you know we were talking before the show about how he turned down some some bigger offers to go play his position, and yeah. it paid off for him. I mean, you know, veering to that category real quick, I think Trey Lance is an example of if you're a high school player – there's nothing wrong with going to FCS. Uh, there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, Power 5 school, I don't really want to switch positions. I like to focus on this spot. If you're good in college football, you will be found. You will be discovered. So and I, and I applaud Trey Lance for that, and it's obviously going to work out for him. Um, would, would, would both quarterbacks be there? Here are a couple of key spots in the top 10. Atlanta number four is a key spot. They redid Matt Ryan's contract, so they're sort of locked into him for two more years. Here's the thing. I think he's still got some good football left in him. I mean, he's a former MVP. 
you know, the Falcons blew a lot of games last year. They're probably not as bad as their record was. Right. So especially the, early on. Yeah, and, and if I'm the Falcons, I, I say, hey, Matt Ryan's our guy. Let's give him Kyle Pitts, and roll that way. I think Terry Fontenot is a rookie GM. I think he's going to fall into a little bit of a corner or paint himself into a corner of he's going to ask so much for that pick to be traded that he's going to end up making the selection himself. Cincinnati at number five, they're not going to take a quarterback. Miami at number six, they're not going to take a quarterback. If Fields and Lance are still on the board at six, if I'm George Payton, that's when I start making calls to Chris Greer. And he said on Thursday that he had talked to Chris Greer on Wednesday. Well, that wasn't to say... How's the family? I mean, that's that's you know, that's called temperature taken. And uh, Miami could should probably feel that if they move from six to nine, they probably get a second round pick, and they still get one of the top three receivers in Chase Waddle or Smith. So let's go to Detroit at number seven. They are in a floor to ceiling rebuild. They want bodies, so I think they're open for business. Their new GM is Brad Holmes, and I don't see the Broncos going higher than six because that would cost them next year's first rounder. So I, uh, I, both, I think one will be there. Um, I, you know, my, my main takeaway from George Payton's quarterback comments were Justin Fields or trade down. I don't think he, I don't think he thinks he can stay at nine and get Fields. I think he knows he's got to move up at least two spots. First in Orange Podcast, that's Ryan O'Halloran. This is Kyle Newman. Again, DenverPost.com slash Broncos for extended coverage of what we're talking about and in-depth on Peyton, on the Broncos offseason, etc. So Broncos, nine overall picks in this draft. They got one in each of the first six rounds, three in the seventh round. So it's going to be a busy day for Peyton and company. What do you think, uh, you know, how do you think they're feeling right now? It's, Peyton obviously said that he thinks they're in prime position do you see that as an outsider following up on the array of good moves, you know, Simmons, Harris, et al., yeah. that they made earlier? I do, and, and I'm glad you brought up the guys they have signed and re-signed. Prime positions anywhere in top ten. So I, I agree with that. The bigger part is the guys you mentioned, Shelby Harris, Justin Simmons, Vaughn Miller, Kareem Jackson, Kyle Fuller, Ronald Darby. What they've done is taken care of some of their needs, so they don't got to take a corner at nine. They don't have to take X position at nine. They're not locked in. Right. Correct. And, you know, you mentioned a busy Saturday with those picks. I think it's gonna be, I think they're going to have more picks than that on Saturday because if they move down from nine, I think George is going to be a trade machine trying to get some picks for 2022 and adding some, adding some uh, picks for uh, Saturday. So maybe you trade down in the third – which gives you some ammo. Maybe you want to move up in the fourth or fifth if you really target a guy. So I think it's going to be a busy next Saturday for the Broncos uh, because they're going to be active, even if they do stay at nine or even trade up. And Ryan, you had a great story kind of looking inside the draft process with Peyton and you know his new staff and, and everyone obviously still around him, Vic, Elway, et cetera. What was your takeaway from just kind of their preparation process, and I know they thoroughly discuss and analyze and rediscuss every single possible player scenario on the board. Uh, and he, from his time in Minnesota, this guy has a reputation for wheeling and dealing. So, like you said, expect some of that here on draft day. Yeah, I, I mean, I talked to him for what twenty minutes last Friday, and it was all it was all about process. And, and I, I still have some stuff that'll appear in the paper over the next week about corners and linebackers and running backs, but. 
the main thing that I that he talked about, and it's also what I've heard about this process for the Broncos, is collaboration. That's not to say voices were muted before when John Elway was the GM over the last 10 years, but I think George Payton is comfortable enough in his own skin where he doesn't mind a disagreement. And it's one thing I talked to Mike Tannenbaum this week on the phone, the former Jets GM. He goes, he goes, I love disagreements. He goes, we talked it out. We, we got, we, we picked sides. Then we went to the tape to figure it out. And you never know what you're going to learn from a, from an area scout or a regional scout. It's probably the same thing in baseball. You got the cross checkers and, you know, maybe you get a, you get a piece of information from a source that is going to change your opinion on a guy. Okay. Let's go back to the tape. Let's go back to the data. Let's see what we missed here. If you missed anything. So um, I thought, I think, if, if we're able, I mean, not that we'll get to talk to these scouts or the Broncos, but I think, I think their feeling would be that this process has been more inclusive. And that makes people want to work hard. And that makes people want to buy in. And so I, that was one of the things that stood out. Perhaps tangible signs of that culture shift that also tangibly we've seen in the Simmons contract and the Shelby Harris contract extension and those guys said as much, you know, organization putting the money behind the guys who have worked, who have built the team, or at least contributed to the positive aspects of the team over five straight missed seasons. Yeah, and in the playoffs. Yeah, you know, we've talked about we both disagree with the Von Miller decision. Um, at that price, at that age, come off an injury. I disagree with that move. But I th- And we didn't mention it amongst the other moves notably earlier. Yeah, that's probably yeah, why. Right? And that's why it's like eh. yeah. Uh, yeah, of course, I, I took one for the team on Twitter that day. As I told a, another media member at an avalanche game recently, we were on an island that day um, <laughs> and disagreeing with that. Justin Simmons, George Payton looked at his depth chart and said, we can't let good players go. So they made him the highest paid safety. Did they overpay? We'll see. Shelby Harris, um, you know, good for him. A lot of money, but he provides he, – he also removes another need from the draft board. So – I think the focus now is this team doesn't have a lot of depth, and that's going to be the focus of draft, and that's maybe why you see them trade down, is to add cost-controlled players with a reduced cap this year. It's going to go up next year, but not too much. It's not going to be reflective of the revenues just yet. So, uh, and, and then also, if, if, you're, if you're Tom McMahon, the special teams coordinator, you like what he's done with Mike Boone. You have Tyree Cleveland as a core special team guy. Special teams here have been terrible for a lot of years because there hasn't been a, there hasn't been an emphasis on it. So look for that on day three as linebackers, safeties, you know, uh, you know maybe an extra running back, guys who can play special teams while they're also you know rounding into form as a part of the offense and defense. First Norwich podcast. That's Ryan O'Halloran. This is Kyle Newman. Again, folks, DenverPost.com slash Broncos for continued coverage of the Broncos leading into next week's drafts. And be sure to tune back in next week. We're going to have a trio of pods breaking down uh, offensive needs, defensive needs, and then who the Broncos will draft. So any final thoughts, Ryan, from Patton's, from Peyton's, excuse me, presser? Well, I've made that mistake too, so I just call him George. George, that's a great idea. <laughs> and it, a little inside story is you see, uh, people on Twitter, I refer to him as GMGP, General Manager George Payton. Well, when I was in Washington, the Capitals GM was George McPhee, so on Twitter and also just in Texas, I was GMGM. So that's the uh, – I do stuff for bleeps and giggles for myself. But hey, couple, I like it. I cu- like it. A couple leftover takeaways from uh, Payton's presser on Thursday – um, 
He said maybe six quarterbacks in the first round. That got my antenna up. Who's that sixth guy that's going to be late in the first round? Are the Broncos maybe interested in moving back into the first round for a Kyle Trask, for a Davis Mills? Something to keep an eye on. I, I thought that was a little interesting. The That'd old, be a really unsexy pick yeah, in, the, well, in the eyes of Broncos country, yeah. if at you, least. If you, if you come away with a Patrick Sertain and a quarterback that first night, that would that would get exciting. Right. Um, you know, we mentioned the O-line. He wants to add some depth to guard and tackle. He says it's a good draft to do that. So look on day three, rounds four and five, see if they can do that. Um, cornerback, he goes, they don't have to take one. That said, I think they will because Bryce Callahan, Kyle Fuller in the last year of their contracts. And uh, trying to that's, – that's pretty much it is – this is going to be a defense draft, I think, even if they go quarterback in round one. They don't need receiver help. They can find a blocking tight end in veteran free agency once guys start getting cut. So linebacker, edge rusher, safety, corner. A lot of these picks with an eye toward 2022, I think is going to be the focus of this Broncos draft. And one thing I want to throw at you, since you cover baseball as well, is I think we talked about this last year, the difference between the buildup to the NFL draft and the MLB draft. Is it is MLB doing enough to promote its draft, or is it just never going to catch on? Well, that's a great question, and I mean, I'd say probably no, and mm-hmm. I'm not really sure they're even interested in, in making it super promoted. I mean, they just cut it, you know, yeah, so they, which they was cut, a mistake. They I cut think. the draft significantly. Yeah. Obviously, this is in conjunction with the restructuring of the minor leagues and the condensing of the minor leagues. But uh, to that ultimate point. Um, you know, the MLB draft is, is it's, it's like, oh, it's here. Yeah. You know, oh, it's, it's in a couple days. And, of course, you know, the scouts wouldn't tell you that and the cross-checkers wouldn't tell you that. But it's in the middle of the baseball season. It's now in the All-Star break. And it will be in Denver here, details, exact details to come, but in Denver as part of the re- relocated All-Star game. So it will be interesting to see that unfold here locally and, uh, and get kind of an up-close perspective, hopefully. Well, the Rockies have the number one pick in the 2022 Major League Baseball draft. They're trending that way. Hey, did they just had a two-game sweep of the Astros, and they're heading into Friday's game against the Phillies, uh, still with the worst winning percentage all of baseball. Well, then the follow-up would be, if they do have their number one pick, will there be a new GM making that pick? You would hope so, but last I heard uh, from our man Dick Monfort, Jeff Breidich is not on the hot seat. We'll see if a hundred lost season changes that. How about 110? You know what? What do well, you say? Then, then if it gets that bad, then you got to make a move. But so we've covered both drafts here so far. First in Orange Podcast, Ryan O'Hall, Ryan O'Halloran, Kyle Newman. Appreciate you listening in. Tune in to next week's shows. And until next time, folks, take it easy.